It's another beautiful day. We got lucky that we actually are inside while kids are outside. It's kind of quiet in our house. Yeah, there was um, serious doubt that we were actually going to finally record episode one. <laughs> Didn't think it was going to happen. Ten days after we did our episode has zero. Has it really been ten days? That's close to that. Maybe it's like nine days. It feels like we just did this yesterday, but the days all kind of run into each other. They already ran into each other for me, but now they run into each other even more with this pandemic and being home and not going anywhere. And one day feels like we never go another anywhere. day, another day here. <laughs> we just just like you're all out there, probably stuck in the same place you've been in too. But the weather's changing, and that's a good thing. That's a blessing. So that means we all get outside and. Enjoy it, I hope. Kick our kids outside. That's key for me. Let them enjoy the fresh air. Usually they sleep better. Well, Sometimes. Actually, this morning they, make, they were up at like 530. So. They make the house quieter. That's true. That is that, that is really something, though. To have a nice, quiet house for a couple of minutes is beautiful. So, folks, this is uh, our first official full episode of Raising Eight couple of sinners trying to raise saints so we thank you for joining us yes and um if you didn't catch episode zero where we spoke a little bit about ourselves just real highlights here Uh, my name is michael levine and i'm Lori levine his wife we've been married for 16 years and we have eight children yep ranging from ages three to 15 packed in there eight kids packed in a short amount of time in. Yes, they're all mine. Yeah, right. Again, we'll do that'll be a whole other <laughs> we'll have to do a whole episode, episode on that. On, all the things that a large family hears. Yeah. So we'll do that at some point. But <laughs> um yeah, so this is the first full episode and uh here we go. And we figured for episode one, we would talk about homeschooling. Because hmm? everybody's homeschooling right now. Yes. Everybody's doing a version of homeschooling. So I've, I've come in contact with a few different families who typically have their kids in public school or Catholic school and are stuck in this kind of situation. And they say to me, the first thing they say to me is, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, do what? Homeschool. And my first response. You sounded like Jim Gaffigan there for a second, by oh the way. Oh, my word. Did yeah, I really? When he does that. Uh, oh, his sister's uh, voice yeah, or whatever I that he does. Oh, you do. You just, I mean, you did it better than I did. <laughs> I Sorry. Oh, that's Pivot, awesome. Little, little I love tangent. Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> I am not a comedian like Jim Gaffigan. Um, but my first response back is what I do is different than what you do. And I think that's really important for people to understand and anyone who's out there listening who homeschools, you probably, because I have a lot of homeschooling friends and they've, they've said the same thing to a lot of their friends too. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. The ones who your kids have been in school, been in a routine day to day, they go, they either get picked up by the bus or you drop them off and they're out in their classrooms with different teachers and their lessons and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden that's plopped on your lap to try to keep up with that. Yeah, and I think the other piece of it, and this is what we want to talk about a little bit today, is people that are taking their their experience of homeschooling, again, having had kids who are going to public schools or private schools, Catholic schools, and then projecting that experience right onto 
what homeschoolers any other do. homeschool what homeschool families actually do yeah and they're horrified by the idea of it horrified now they may have already had some biases against it prior to but now they're plopping this whole reality they got dumped on them yeah out of the exactly blue onto this concept of homeschooling so we thought it would be good to kind of take away some of any some myths and maybe some of them are myths that existed prior to but kind of just talk a little bit about our experience of homeschooling right. not everybody's experience yep, of homeschooling. everybody experiences it differently just a levine experience of homeschooling and we're not going to do a three-hour show here on homeschooling homeschooling no. is a very complicated subject but we're just going to, and this will really be, Laurie does the majority of the work here when it comes to homeschooling, because normally I'd be at, at work. an office. <laughs> all day long and, and, and commuting back and forth. And so, I'll, but I will share a little bit about my little interactions I've had over the last couple of months with my kids, because I have been home every day. And sometimes I do actually come downstairs from the our home office in our bedroom to, and I having been able to encounter my kids and interact with them. But so anyways, I've had some interesting kind mm. of perspective on watching it from a distance for over the years, but then interacting with the kids over the last couple of months. Again, very little. Laurie does all the work here. <laughs> so this is really going to be Laurie's episode. No, no so no. So let's talk no, about... No, no, no. So I'm going to try to drive the conversation. <laughs> I'll be an interviewer oh, today. Oh, can you interview yeah. me? Yeah. That's so fun. Will I get the job at the end? Yeah, already fired. Crap. Uh, so... <laughs> Let's just do, generally speaking- You know what? I quit. I quit. <laughs> there it is. The pay stinks here. Well, folks, this so, is where the podcast ends. That's it. I quit. I'm out of here. Drop raising eight, a father raising the kids alone because oh. he fired his wife. Oh. That'd be very sad. That is sad. <laughs> We're not going to cry for the rest of the episode. Go ahead. Did you want to so start? How about you maybe give, how about maybe give our the audience, the <laughs> listenership, uh, just kind of a general overview of kind of like how we approach- now. Again, we could spend a lot of time on where we've right. been from day one to now, but where we are right now, yep. kind of a general overview of kind of like your kind of vision for homeschooling the living children. That's a loaded question. It wasn't that. That was does. just the loaded question would be a general. detailed question. I'm looking at the general, general vision. I, general like how, vision. Like our, your general okay, well, approach. Well, my general will. approach to homeschooling has always been. You do have a vision, I hope. Oh my gosh, be quiet. You're going to fire me? Are you the principal? Or you're going to. Just, well, we won't have anything to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the the approach i've always taken and i was blessed to be able to watch my mother homeschool my youngest sisters and also blessed to interact with my sister-in-law michael's sister who started homeschooling years before i did she does have she started their you know they were married way well before us and had four kids i think by the time or five four i'm going to lose track but anyways by the time we were married so she had already been homeschooling for a little while and, um, so I was blessed to watch people homeschool and kind of get an idea of what it was like. And, um, so I've always taken kind of one year at a time. My, that was my mother's approach was one year at a time, give it to Jesus, uh, see how it goes. And, and things have changed over the years. So the vision is always to impart in them a love for learning and an independence with learning. So that's my take on homeschooling is I want the kids to be independent learners so that I don't handhold them all the way. I don't spell out every single thing to them. They do a lot of things independently. And of course I'm, I oversee it all and, you know, answer their questions and guide them. And, you know, obviously, um, with their curriculum, I'm very picky what I choose for their curriculum and everything else. But, um, 
that's kind of been my overall, what I want them to get out of our, their homeschooling experience, a love for learning, uh, first and foremost, a love for Jesus, because that's why I, we'd like them to be home in the first place, because they're, they're being formed by their interactions with each other all day long. Um, I can be helping train them in virtue all day long. And there's all these moments that come up for helping them grow in their faith, helping them grow in their understanding of their relationship with God and what that looks like in relation to other people. And so it's important. Um, I would say two notes here from our perspective, from our marriage and and homeschooling in our family. So the first thing I would say, please note that Laurie and I are sanguines. So squirrel, you know, like where we- I'm not that extreme. Well, we're, but enough. But my point being is flexibility is okay with us. Yes. We don't mind change. We don't yes. mind- We actually enjoy it's not that. that we're anti-structure, but no. there's a- there's a comfort level with that kind of approach to life. That's right. And that's anything why anything that we do in our marriage and that's why home homeschooling our, looks the way it does for us because in this family, our right. temperaments uh, lend itself to that. I'm not a super, we have to do the same exact program every year. I like to change things up a, because I find in most homeschoolers that I talk to find that, um, you know, you might find something's working one year for your kids and then the next year you realize it's not working. And so you just have to do what works and there, and different kids have different temperaments and different personalities and different learning styles that you can tailor things a little more to one learning style versus another. And one math program might work for one child. And then you realize that next child comes along and you're like, this isn't working. So you change it. I mean, that's, I think, typical with most homeschooling people you talk to that we yeah, and, and tailor to some, programs. And, and to some people that could be a little children. overwhelming, sure, especially if they have a different temperament. Yep. That could be a lot to kind of begin to absorb. And I think we do know people who have a little more of a formalized kind of setup of yes, how they, because that's what works for their, their family and their, and, and, own. and their own temperament and strengths and weaknesses. And so that's the beauty, right? right? And mm -hmm. looking from afar, that's the beauty of homeschooling is the flexibility that, that it affords um, not only the kids, but also the family but also, yeah, in general. The ones who are actually doing the teaching. So the second caveat I wanted to offer was just, so I, I've had a lot of um, work in education in my career. And so when I was in my 20s, I was on my city's school committee. So I had, uh, so I'm, I went to public schools my whole life until, in fact, until I went to earn my um, master's in theology. Um, I was on my school committee for six years. So I was a big proponent of, of public education after having gone through public education. And then I was a department chair at a Catholic high school for about six years as well. So, you know, before we got married, most of my adult life already at that point had been in education mm. in one capacity or, or another, Catholic schools, public schools. So I came in with a... Uh, um, uh, not a not a lack of knowledge of homeschooling because watching my sister do it, but certainly um, kind of a leaning towards more formalized education. And at times I've had to, especially earlier on, it would raise up in different situations. I would do the whole, well, if they were just going to school, they would solve <laughs> that problem. Now that was never really the truth, but it was my knee jerk reaction because of um, my comfort level experience wise having gone through schools, public schools and being a proponent of them for years. Yeah. Um, that'll be a whole other conversation for another day. Cause mm -hmm. I've, I've changed my views on that to some degree. 
um, not because of the a lot of great people trying to do heroic work in public schools, but um, I, I now have seen the flexibility that homeschooling offers sure. to each individual learner, as opposed to throwing everybody into a borderline Same one size fits all bucket. approach. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would have benefited mm-hmm. in my, especially earlier in my school life. I would have benefited from more of a flexible approach to education. I did really well in school, but early on I struggled and it would have been easier for me if it had been a, not tailored, a, not a one size, yeah, not a one size fits all approach. So I just, yeah. I bring that just to kind of you, so you get a little more flavor. Lori shared a little bit about her experience with her mother. We both watched my sister, but just know that I kind of brought my, this experience into this, which had an impact in our conversations about yeah, homeschooling early on. Especially early on. Cause I had pretty strong, positive um, experiences of homeschooling and you had a little more of a slant of negative, not, not overly negative. Like you don't want to do it. It was more pro more exactly because of my positive experiences of of school. Right. And I mean, I went to Catholic school my whole life. I had some positive experiences too, but I also had some negative ones and like any school system or whatever, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, we've just, what we've always done is, I mean, with everything in our marriage, we're, we like to talk things out, which is really important to have conversations. And when we disagree about things, yep, sometimes we just disagree about things. We're both pretty opinionated, as we might have mentioned in zero episode, maybe. I don't even know. But zero episode. Episode zero, zero. <laughs> is that not right? Zero episode. Right, whatever, whatever. It's all good. The negative episode. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, and so... But it's important, especially in these types of education, even just talking about education of your children in general, just to be able to be on the same page with education um, and, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And I bring it up every year, pretty much. You know, uh, we talk about like, yeah, when we just talk about how the kids are doing and certain things come up, although this year has been kind of a uneventful year overall. Yeah. As far as schooling goes, it's been a good year for our kids. Um, but it's important that you talk, you have these conversations each year and, and um, I've had to balance out bringing up my issues or concerns based on individual kids, mm-hmm. balance that and make sure that it's not an attack on Lori's work, heroic work and taking care of our kids and schooling them. Thank you. You're welcome. That was so sweet. I mean it. <laughs> um, I had to make sure that I wasn't undercutting that reality of the good work that she's trying to do with the kids as opposed to carefully raising concerns I might have about individual kids at certain times in their life. Um, so the, the important thing is that both husband and wife are to be on board on this yes. and have, and that's why Laura was saying we have to communicate about it and talk about it. And it's a pretty regular conversation we have. Yeah. Um, we'll get more into my, my more recent experiences with the kids because I've just been here every day for, for 10 weeks. Um, so when you think about like how you approach it mm-hmm. and what we're hearing about, and I'll give you something to react. I'll give you an actual scenario from somebody I work with. Okay. Funny, a funny scenario. Um, It'd be good to kind of talk a little bit more about the differences of what we're yeah, seeing specifically, absolutely. a couple specifics, not, we're not going to dive in too deep here. So I was on a work call, um, one day, uh, I think it was just about last week actually. And the person I was on the call with whose kids go to a school, they go to school, yeah. but now I've been home, heard our kids running around the background and let's call it around 11 o'clock, 1130 in the morning. So late morning and sounding like they were, and he says, it sounds like your kids are already on recess. <laughs> my kids can't, my kids can't go on recess till 12. And it sounded like they're on a little more of a rigid schedule sure. per the school. Yeah. And I kind of laughed and said, um, no, actually they're, some of them are done for, for the, for the week. 
because they've already done their schoolwork for the week because they're used to it and they've got a system. And I think, I believe Laurie does uh, one subject or fun Friday or I forget what you, yeah. what do you call your Fridays? Favorite Friday. Favorite Friday. <laughs> fun Friday. Fun, fun favorite Friday. Fridays. <laughs> the kids are like, is it favorite Friday? They get to pick two subjects, their favorite two subjects. On and Fridays. I have a couple of, we have a few of our kids, a couple of our kids, not a few, <laughs> I say a couple of our kids who figured out the system that if you start a little earlier. Yeah. Before mom wakes up. You can be done. You can be done. And by, by late, by mid to late morning oh, yeah. for the day. And so that was, that's what was going on. It was a combination of getting done early. And also they, they only had two subjects to do that day. And so I was able to share with him and he was like, oh, that's interesting. Like it was, mm-hmm. oh, that's not, that's clearly not what we're doing. And so, and he knew that he knew what they're doing for homeschooling is not what we do, but it was an opportunity for me to share a little bit of the differences that happen mm-hmm. between what they're probably having to do in most cases versus what homeschooling really is. Yeah. And I think. Uh, there's just the reality of structure of a school day where I think it is important for kids who are coming out of traditional school to keep a structure because that could be devastating to them to come out of that rhythm and then be thrown into like a, ah, we'll do this when we want to type of an approach, which I can do from day to day because that is our rhythm. It's a you know what? We're taking a day off today. We're going to the park or, I mean, of course we're not going anywhere right now, but you know, when yeah, I pre, pre, uh, pre, pre COVID-19. Um, but the idea that there is, there's the opportunity for spontaneity with the homeschooling that I do, the homeschooling that many of my homeschooling friends do that there's spontaneity. And of course the structure is different for every family. So some families don't get, you know, allow for necessarily spontaneity and that's fine. Our approach just is because temperament wise, but again, with the schools and the, and the situations that many of, I'm sure many of our listeners and many of, you know, um, our neighbors that I've talked to our neighbors, you know, uh, where you've got mom and dad working, still working from home, many of them, and then they're put into a situation where their children are used to a full day schedule, like out of the house in the seven o'clock hour, many of them, sometimes even earlier, and then not coming home till well after three, most of them. Sometimes we see the bus come by at what, four, you know, the after school programming or whatever. That's a long day of structure to have to replicate in the home. And I I don't think I could do that. (laughs) And so when my friends say, I'm really struggling with this homeschooling, I don't know how you do it. I say to them, I couldn't do what you're doing. They have kids on Zoom calls five times a day. Yeah, that's the one I was going to bring up. That has to, we know what we're going through with that. Yes. I'm exhausted after tons of virtual meetings all day long. Virtual meetings. Can you imagine a kid staring at the screen most of the day when they're used to human interactions during the day? That's going to be tough. I think about kids who are probably in homes that they're the only child and they're used to being in a class, in multiple classes, moving from room to room or whatever they're doing in school, having recess, playing with their friends, and they're only doing virtual things, that has got to be so difficult. I mean, I really think that my, my, from my perspective, what you parents out there that are doing to, in the face of this pandemic is much harder than what I do on a day-to-day on a year to year basis, much harder than what we do. 
And I think the uh, you kind of hinted at the community aspect of mm-hmm. uh, a kid who goes to school. Yeah. Uh, especially a kid who comes from a smaller family. And by the way, this is not a judgment thing against smaller families. Of course just, not. Just a reality. Just a reality of, feeling. Of some families, the differences of families. Yeah. We have a built-in community of 10 people yeah. when we're all here every day. And that's community, right? That's, community. that's That's plenty of community going on here. And then never mind the, again, pre-pandemic, the opportunities you always take advantage of, of meeting up with my, my friends my, who homeschool, my, my sister, sister-in-laws, your, yeah, sis, your, your sisters, sisters yeah. um, and other people that we know, right, who do homeschooling. So the kid who, who this, their community is their school, their, school, their, their extracurricular activities. activities. Again, our kids are involved in all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But our kids have a community here. And so even though our kids have felt... They felt not they having miss seen their friends. relatives and friends and, fr- and, and cousins. Yep, cousins and and they have felt that we have felt that yeah, in course. terms of being being able to socialize as, as adults with other adults. The kid whose only community they've got mm-hmm. is a school it has to be wildly I just, di- difficult. My these heart days. really yeah. does it aches for those families who are going through that. I really feel for those families. So yeah, because the praying, homeschool kid like, for the, all of you, yeah, that are that. Out because there. the homeschool kid who's just one or two kids in the home, because there are small families yeah. who have who do homeschooling. Absolutely, they're used to that. That's their reality. That is their reality, and that's what I I've explained to random people in stores because you know random people that that have said things to me like, oh, how are your kids doing with this or whatever, and I and I say, you know, we homeschool, so this is not out of our reality. This is pretty much our reality anyway. Yes, it's still, there are, it doesn't mean our kids aren't dealing with this pandemic. Cause I think that's also another uh, other side end of extreme that, Oh, your kids must not be affected at all by yeah. this. I've actually had that said to me also, you know, Oh, this must be nothing for you. And I, well, it, it, it is my, no, the homeschooling reality hasn't changed, but my husband is home every <laughs> single day. Change. That's a huge, it's been a great change. Yeah. It's really been, it's really been wonderful, but it's also been a struggle for me working part-time and trying to, I can't go out to the office. So now I've got to do meetings like wherever I can find space because our home office is taken. And so it's, it's been a challenge. It hasn't been easy. And the kids also are dealing with missing their friends and their cousins and their, you know, so it's not that they're not dealing with it. Yes. The schooling aspect has not been that extreme, but the rest of it, they're still going to have their, their moments of feeling this, this isolation. Yeah. So how about, um, why don't you just walk through, why don't you just walk through a typical day, not like in the weeds, but just kind of a general idea of the flow of the day for the Levine homeschool. Yeah. Community. Levine Academy. Levine Academy. <laughs> so the day, and of course, this is this is a typical day right now. Over the years, this day has looked so different because I have so many years, if you can imagine, if you do the mathematics of um, eight babies in a very short amount of time, like every other year is a baby year. So, um, so the baby years of homeschooling look very different than the current years of homeschooling. And I I was thinking, um, it's funny you say that, um, this is one of those topics. I think we'll have a variety of topics where it'd be really good to take on questions from hopefully people, hopefully somebody who's listening. (laughs) So I'm toying with the idea eventually of us doing kind of a zoom and it might be once every six week type of thing where we kind of announce it a few weeks in advance that, Hey, on this day, at this time, we're going to be doing a live show. Yeah. And recording it and, and taking some like questions. That. That's good, yeah. Uh, because I think this is a topic that could be, we could do this for a couple hours, but we're yeah. promising to we're keep these to about short. 30 to 40 minutes max. 
Um, so just FYI, that we'll take on questions on detailed questions at some point about this topic. If there's interest. If there's interest. Um, if anybody wants Probably to. Probably not. I'll, you never know. I'll, I'll, I'll chat in questions. <laughs> you can chat questions. Um, so, okay. Why so, do you do the things that you do? <laughs> okay, Michael Scott. So basically the day starts when I come down the stairs because um, you're laughing from 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 over there. Um, yeah, the day really starts when I come down the stairs yeah, the day and, starts and deal with the, the, the toddlers and the, the chaos. Look, I have paid my dues. The school day is okay? what you're saying. The school day begins. The day, that's the point. You asked me about the school. Oh, you wait, asked me the, the day starts when the sun rises, which happens at a different time there. every season. I mean, give I'm me a break. I'm talking me. about school relax so the school day starts (laughs) when mom wakes up and now that we have teenagers multiple teenagers i have to usually wake them up even though i'm a later waker upper um they're even later than me so i usually wake them up let's go we're going down to pray so the first thing we do is gather in typically the family room because we have this beautiful statue of our lady of fatima that we really kind of inherited from um, a deceased great aunt of mine who was, was wonderful. No, this is just, it's a beautiful, people, you're laughing at me. Why are you laughing at me? Because I'm talking about the statue. The statue is so beautiful. It's not a podcast about statues. Be quiet. People come in and they comment on this beautiful statue. So we try to gather around. It is. It is a beautiful I statue. Agree. You have to agree. It's a beautiful, very large statue of Our Lady. So we try to be in that room and gather. Uh, we will do a morning prayer. That typically, I've been reading them Lives of the Saints. And, you know, occasionally like today, instead of a life of the saint, I read them scripture passage about the ascension. And we talk about it. We talk about the saints that we're talking about. And today I just kind of, I reiterate, of course, because as you know, raising children, you need to reiterate things for years and years and years. And sometimes you feel like a broken record, but it's okay because you need things to sink in. So we talked today about why do I read the stories of the saints? You know, I like them to know why. Why do we do the things we do? Why do we do the things we do as Catholics? Why do we do the things we do as our family? I like them to know the why so that it makes sense to them and they can you know, wrap their brains around it. Um, so we start off with prayer. We pray, we usually pray a decade of the rosary and sing some Marian hymns um, as part of our prayer. And and then once we're done with prayer, they're off and running. So the little ones are usually asking for a school movie because I love um, little leapfrog videos and things like that. So they usually get a little leapfrog video or something while I'm getting the other kids started. And the oldest now is doing homeschool connections, which is an online. Some of you out there probably know what that is. I have a lot of friends that their kids I don't use think it too. We should be promoting any particular brands. I'm not promoting brands. Fine, commercial. whatever. I'm just saying it's awesome. They, it's great, <laughs> and it's a Catholic homeschooling online program. So he he does that. So he's taking his classes online. They're pre-recorded, so he's not live on any of them. So he can kind of do them at his pace. And so he goes off to do that. And he was going to our home office, but now he kind of finds places around the house that he can sit and listen to his classes. And the rest of them, they know, I let them start with whatever subjects they want to start with. I'm not rigid with what they start with. I want them to kind of have 
a little bit of ownership over their education because I feel like when they own it, they're a little more motivated. It's not like now it's time to do this, but I don't feel like doing this, you know, and then you get the, now what do you, go ahead. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth. And trust me, we've had plenty <laughs> of that <laughs> in over episode. 10 years of homeschooling. Some kids falling off the chair and whining and crying. <laughs> Thankfully right now we're kind of in a stretch where we've got some, uh, you know, decent, uh, homeschoolers where there's not a ton of complaining. Um, and so, which is really good, but yeah. So, and the day, the day ends at different times for different kids. And I think you kind of alluded to that earlier. I have some kids like our Julia who will literally, she's up at 6 a.m. Yeah, sometimes she's, she'll she's go already play. doing school when I come I down. I come down and sometimes yeah. I come down at nine yeah, I know you're all horrified. <gasps> That's so late because sometimes it is. I wake up at eight and then I pray in my bed because I actually can do that yeah, now. This, this is about schooling and not your schedule. Yeah, but this is important because why am I coming down at 9 a.m.? Because I've actually prayed and I come down and she's she's more than halfway done with her school. And I look at it and amazingly, I mean, she's she's a very bright kid. So it's not like she's done. Oh my gosh, she's done it all wrong. It's like, she's learned all these concepts. She's done all these, this work. And I'm kind of like, yeah, wow, that's awesome. If only they could all learn the way she learns, but, but also she's only in third grade. That does make a difference too. So, yep. So the day ends at different times, with different kids, like Michael, who's our high schooler. And he's, he's going into the late afternoon most days. And because he's got just so much to do. So it's, it's high school. He's in, he's in ninth grade. So he's got a lot to do and a lot to write and a lot to read and everything else. So, um, what else do you want to know? So you can see, Nothing. right. There's, there's, uh, <laughs> That's it. Cut generally off. speaking, it's not, it's not like the concept of homeschooling is not complicated. The idea is there's the a rhythm. Details, we have a rhythm. And yeah, and that's, a, I think we'll do a detailed, more detailed kind of a conversation on homeschooling. But in general, what we, what we do as compared to what other parents are having to deal with right now, is fairly apple and oranges. Oh, it really, it really is. I so really think it is. There's a rhythm that we're being used to that the kids have not lost, as we said right. earlier, as opposed to kids who are, in, who are going to public or private schools, their rhythm was completely upended, including yes. the parents, everybody's rhythm. Everybody's rhythm. Our rhythm was upended, but it was the biggest thing that changed was my being home pretty much 97% of the time over and the last 10 weeks and you not being able to get out and <laughs> do your work when you need to. That's the biggest change. Yeah. I want to spend a couple of minutes just talking a little bit about my interactions with kids and homeschooling. Mm. It's fairly limited overall. And then I'm going to have Lori just talk very briefly about some general resources to go check out just to kind of explore. And I don't think you have to be, it could just be Google something, but she, she made a face like I was about to, I don't need like a whole I list I didn't know here. you were looking for well, a resource kind of like list. Where, would, where should somebody, and it could yeah, just yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, contact somebody who's homeschooling and yeah, ask yeah. them. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, I was going to have us tackle some myths, but we're going to save that myths of homeschooling because hmm. some of those have been uh, percolating again. Oh, yeah. Out in social media social world, media news world. Not a lot, but enough. But I think that's a, we can tie that to a more detailed conversation about homeschooling. So we're going to talk just briefly here the next uh, five minutes to finish up um, about my interactions and resources. So um, pre-COVID-19, um, other than trying to, Lori and I talking about it, catching up on what's going on, hopefully my being supportive of, of what's going on in the home, the, the the best, the two general interactions I have with the kids homeschooling wise is that I'm typically up first in the morning because I would normally have to get up, 
get my breakfast and get out of here to go face my commute to get to the office. And so I would have my kind of daily interaction typically with the youngest ones who are up, the youngest four, typically maybe youngest five, and watching them do breakfast, helping out with a little bit of breakfast while I'm hurrying around to get myself out of the house. Um, And then usually watching Julia (laughs) studying her schoolwork (laughs) as I'm walking out the door. Um, And then at night when we were able when we had a normal day and we were able to have dinner together, the tradition in our house was, and the kids know it it begins in the beginning of the school year. Tell me one thing you learned today. And so dads out there, even dads who currently are homeschooling, maybe you haven't done something like this. I hope you have, but a little tidbit, it was one way for me to engage the kids on, especially if, because sometimes I have stuff at night, Laurie's got something at night. So we're a little frazzled, dinner is late. So it's one thing. And I go all eight kids. And so obviously the oldest kids actually have something to, to share. <laughs> and then I get to like, you know, Timothy who says, you know, I throw a rock through a window or <laughs> I, I um, he's never done that. Before. <laughs> I just made that up. But, you know, he tells me about some kind of made up thing play that outside. happens. Yeah, I play I outside. All right. I kick my sister. Yes, he probably does usually tell. So, again, just a little interactions um, just so that I can let them on part of their day in, in that way. And again, that can be very similar to what. Uh, a dad or, or a mom, depending on what the situation is at your house, can do at the end of the day, even if a kid's going to school. But that's that's generally my interaction. Now, my other interaction, both that's consistent, both pre and current pandemic situation, um, is subject based um, because I love uh, history. It's my favorite subject, always has been. It is my worst. There you go. Favorite. And and so um, some of the kids struggle with that subject. Um, and know that there's only one person who, who's enthusiastic about it, and that's me. <laughs> so pre, pre-pandemic, that could be tough because I would have limited time, but I would answer questions and talk about it if they bring it up. The last uh, 10 weeks or so, I've been able to have more interaction with the kids, and typically the interaction has usually been about history. <laughs> and it just happened over the last couple of days, it's happened with two different two of the kids who are struggling with their history and so I think that, again, it's another best practice there for, um, again, it could be a mom or dad, depending on what roles are happening, but what subject do you like and try to make that the connecting point with what they're doing mm. in their homeschooling. So that's kind of my uh, interactions. The other interaction recently has been motivating, trying to motivate them to finish up. Yeah, exactly. Because we're summer's here, kids. The nice weather is here Let's now. Go. So what do you have left? Work hard, work a little longer, especially on a more dreary day. Yeah. So that when the nice weather hits. They can just get out there. You're done. And live outside. Because there is no, there's no rules on that. It's where they get their work done. The work yep. is checked. They're done for the school year yep. until the end of the summer. All right. So that's kind of my, that's limited, but that's kind of, that is how yep. I interact with the kids with homeschooling. I'm a parent because uh, there was a poll that just came out. 41% of parents polled are considering Mm. homeschooling their kids next fall. That's a big number. Mm-hmm. That could be a radical shift in what's going on with schooling. Yeah. Now, I don't know what they mean by defining homeschooling there. Right. But let's say it's somebody who says, Lori, I've decided that I want to homeschool my kids. We've had a challenging but a positive experience. I just like the idea of being with my kids more and having them home to school. What's the first thing I should do? Well, this exact situation is happening with my best friend who's in North Carolina. She's just, you know, her oldest was going to a Catholic school. They were informed, um, you know, may, they might be going to uh, a virtual Catholic school for next year and they'd still be paying a tuition and everything else. I By mean, the way, crazy talk there. And I don't care who listens to this. And they both. That, that, that the parent's going to pay other. full tuition. <laughs> 
I mean, well, what? Ooh, but to do all the work? To anyways, do. So anyway, so they both looked at each other like, why wouldn't we just home, like real homeschool <laughs> our no kids? So there was a phone call to me. I mean, I don't know. Can we, could, we talk we, about we, it? We could save like $13,000. Yeah. Ah, let's just throw that at the school. <laughs> I mean, so it's a real, but it's a real conversation. And it's obviously real discernment because there's a lot more that comes along with, you've got to pick your own curriculum when you homeschool, you've got to, so she, you know, has been picking my brain, you know, and I suggested to her, do you have any friends around you that homeschool? Because that for me and everyone that I've ever helped start homeschooling, the biggest thing you can do is connect with another homeschooling family. And that doesn't mean you're going to copy everything the homeschooling family does. Cause I said to her, I'm going to tell you what I do, but that might not work for you because you've got to find what works for you. So she has actually tapped into a couple of people that she had met through a friend who homeschools and she's, you know, researching what they do and the co-ops that are around them, because some people really need something structured like a co-op. And there are so many around. We've done co-ops over the years. Um, and we're, you know, obviously nobody's doing co-ops right now, but we've been, we've taken a break and but that's another thing that some people can do. I, I think it's really overwhelming if you just go on the internet. Yeah, I was going to, I was just going to, just look yeah, stuff up. It's like anything Because else, right. it's like anything else. I've got an ache in my toe. Let me look that up. Yeah. I'm dying. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's just, there's too much information out there. There's so much. So I, the first thing I, I always ask people is, because I've had a lot of people over the years ask me, you know, what do you do? Do you have any advice to do, do? Is if you're, if you're Catholic, do you want a Catholic curriculum? Because that's really your first place to start is do you want, you don't have to have a Catholic curriculum. We do have a Catholic curriculum because I love how every subject that they do, that's part of that curriculum. I don't do every subject from from that curriculum. I do like different signs and whatever, but the subjects that are Catholic, just weave the Catholic faith right into it. So their language, for instance, you know, you've got a story of a saint. Each sentence is about this particular saint and you're learning about capitalization. And so you've got to correct all the capitals, et cetera, just to give you like a brief example. But that's the first step. What kind of curriculum are you looking for? Do you want it to have the faith interwoven? And that doesn't mean that you still don't have a million options out there once you narrow it down to a Catholic curriculum, but it does help you at least start focusing on which types of curriculums. And then you have to think about what's your own teaching style. Do you want, for me, I like my kids to be in workbooks and that's a very specific type of schooling, like a workbook style. So there's a lot of independence with a workbook. Whereas there are people who do all sorts of things that they, you know, they're the ones primarily teaching each subject and each subject matter. And I think practically speaking for me over these years, right. uh, my life has not allowed me to, to do that reality. for that to be my reality. And I'm glad though, because it really has, it has allowed our kids to be very independent with their schoolwork. But that was really partly a look, I'm, pregnant. I'm having a baby, whatever it is, I'm nursing a child. So I need kids that are doing independent work. So I would say really the best thing to do is connect yourself with another Catholic or, or homeschooling family, someone who's who, or, or 
Do you know someone who's homeschooling? Can you connect me with them? And just have, I've never met a homeschooling mom or dad who doesn't like talking about what well, they do. I was do. just going to say, this is like buying, it. it's like buying a house, buying a car, buying something, buying a pet. You talk to people, you right? Talk you talk to the people. I don't understand. Do it. Yeah, I'm going to do the Google search. That's fine. But more importantly, talk to real what's people. What's your experience? Yes. Of this, and and so there um, are a million faces. Take advantage groups, of people million, and ask. And yep. there are a lot of people out there who who can be very helpful when it comes to this particular topic. And yep. and and the good news is, you don't have to become a groupie. You don't have to follow one thing. Ask different people. Yes, exactly. We're doing different things. Different things. And then, as as a family, talk about decide what, what works for you. What would work best and Try things. Yeah, exactly. And know I've that tried you, things you don't that have to don't get work. locked in. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Tried curriculums that just don't work, or you know, I thought this was going to be awesome, and this kid hates it. You and know that's what I mean? Thing. You could do different things for the different kids, different personalities. I They're do. different learning there styles. Definitely. As well. yeah. Yep. There are definitely different different subjects. Different. You know, different kids are doing different curriculums for different subjects because it just works. So um, this was a little kind of tour of talking about homeschooling, especially in light of uh, everybody now uh, kind of homeschooling and and kind of just generally talking about that homeschooling that some people have been forced into versus people who have chosen to do homeschooling for their kids. I'm not the same thing. And I, uh, I think, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you because I had this thought before. <laughs> sorry. Um, but there's this, there, the choice aspect Right. I think is really important yeah, because thrown into this. being forced to do something yeah. versus a prayerful discernment with preparation with preparation. And that's what people homeschool typically do. I mean, there's, you prayerfully are discerning, yeah. you're, you're exploring and you're choosing right. this method of education for your family. And yeah. I think that that's just a big difference. And so we yeah. just know that our motivation in this, when we first talk about making this our first topic was really because we, we care about the people out there who were thrown into the situations. Yeah. We've talked to a lot of them. We have a lot of friends in that situation. So just know that we fail for you. Um, we hope that you're thriving. We hope you yes. are. We hope it's been a good experience for you, but we also understand that you might be, it might've been a real challenge for, for yeah. all of you in these times. Never mind the fact if anybody's gotten sick or if you've had loved ones who've been hurt or sick, mm -hmm. if you've struggled with job. I mean, there's a lot of baggage that comes with this particular homeschooling, if you will, that's been yeah. forced onto people. So know that we've been praying for you. We've thought about you. Mm -hmm. Our motivation was thinking of you and really believing that you're the ones who are kind of doing a real heroic effort yes. right now. If you've, Amen. you've yeah. had this kind of thrown onto you and thrust onto you in these days. And so what we'll do is we'll, we'll pledge to, in a few episodes down the line, we'll do a whole episode on hopefully getting, taking questions in and going a little more deeper dive on what you want to learn or hear about the Levine Academy approach to homeschooling mm -hmm. to help you um, learn more about um, homeschooling in, in our situation. Uh, this was episode one mm -hmm. of Raising Eight. We will be back next week. Listen, if you're listening to this on whether Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever it is, please go and like us. Hopefully Share you can give us can. five stars, but we'll take four. We'll take yeah. four stars. But if yeah, you give us five, we, I don't I'll know if we can do that. But I'll buy something on Amazon I, with a four and a half. I, I take five. <laughs> I'll take five. We'll take four. But if you could do that, we'd really appreciate that. Um, at some point, there'll be ways for you to be able to communicate us to us. Maybe there will be by episode one. This is all being worked on right now. But uh, we'll make sure there are ways for you to communicate with us and give us feedback and ask questions and maybe even give us ideas for topics. Mm -hmm. um, we're not really going to plan this out. We're not going to have like a 10-week plan for this. We're going to be kind of just picking topics as we go along, things, again, that interest us, that are tied to the idea of the domestic church, to family, mm -hmm. and to marriage. 
So have a great uh, week, and we hope you come back next week. God bless.